Hello, welcome back to Undressing the Issue. I'm Julia, your host. And given that we're at the end of 2020 and we're coming to New Year's Eve, I've been dying to talk about this because there's a lot that surrounds New Year's Eve that can be really triggering and activating and frustrating and disappointing for a lot of people including myself at times. So I think we all pretty much can agree that New Year's Eve traditionally is a time where there's parties, people overindulging, we watch TV and watch the ball drop. That's pretty cool. Um, It's this all-night affair and you want to be with your friends, you want to be doing something fun so that when you get the question of, are you doing anything? Do you have any plans for New Year's? You have a fabulous answer. Well, there's a lot to that. I think that there's this sentiment that if you don't have plans, that it's sort of like starting off the new year poorly. And if you do have plans, that it's going to be some indication of how good of a year you're going to have, which to me sounds a lot like Groundhog's Day. (laughs) Like if it sees its shadow or if it doesn't, you know, we're going to have good weather or bad for a little while longer. I'm pretty sure that how your year goes does not hinge on how wild the rager you attend is on New Year's Eve. But there's still this certain level of disappointment for a lot of people when they don't make plans or when they do and it ends up not being fun. And that's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. It's just one evening. And, you know, yes, there's a lot of expectation for it, but how much of it is actually reasonable. But outside of plans, I think it's interesting how people feel (sighs) urged to create New Year's resolutions. Uh, I'm, I'm about to get on a soapbox, and I apologize in advance for this because this shit drives me nuts. Okay, the whole new year, new me, and I'm going to start exercising and I'm going to start a paleo diet and I'm going to drink less and I'm going to add eight steps to my skincare routine and all of these goals for self-improvement. And what typically happens is that everybody turns into a gold metal 50-yard sprinter in a 100-yard dash. They start out strong for the first couple days, and then they lose steam, and it all goes to shit. In fact, this is so common that here in the U.S., on January 17th, January 17th is officially New Year's Resolution Ditch Day. Fun fact, not sure if you knew about this. I'm shocked that people can even last until the 17th. That's over two weeks. I'm blown away. Most people for January 1st and 2nd are still in rough shape and kind of hungover 
from whatever they did New Year's Eve. So are they actually starting their resolutions on the first or are they kind of giving themselves a grace period while they recover from their hangovers? I'm not so sure. And I got to be honest, I don't know about your house, but in my house, come January 1st, there's still leftover Christmas treats and sweets and cookies around. I don't think those are going to be gone by the first unless I intentionally trash them, which I will not do because they're delicious. And I don't like wasting food. It's that old Russian immigrant mentality. Anywho, resolutions are the thing that actually really bugs me. And, you know, this year, given the pandemic, given the fact that we can't really congregate with our friends and family, um, you know, we, it's not going to be really exciting. I have no idea what they're going to do in New York, if there's going to be a ball dropping, if it's actually going to happen, if it's going to be a virtual thing. I don't know. I can't imagine they're going to let, you know, hordes of people stand in the street all day, you know, packed in like sardines in a can, you know, with the pandemic raging, this second wave that's been even worse than the first. I can't imagine that's going to happen, but I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. But I'm seeing in all sorts of different publications this sort of shift to cancel New Year's this year since we can't really celebrate it. And since 2020 was such an epic bummer, you know, people are kind of wary of what 2021 is going to look like. Is it going to get worse? Can it possibly get worse? Is it going to be just as bad? Do we actually have something to look forward to? You know, it's sort of this state of discontent that we're in. In fact, I was reading an article. I love The New Yorker. Um, And there was an article a few days back by Sarah Miller, literally making a case to cancel New Year's Eve forever. (laughs) Like the disappointment that comes from not having good plans or from, you know, failing on your goals or your resolutions that you set is just so rattling and so disturbing that she's basically saying, why do we do this? This is a clerical thing. We should leave it at that. And in part, I kind of get it, but here's my take on that, Sarah. I'm sure you're a nice young lady, but uh, do we really need to cancel a holiday or an opportunity to, or an excuse to gather with friends, family, loved ones, just because we've been doing it wrong this whole time? I mean, there are other parts of the world where New Year's Eve is celebrated very differently. So for example... I, for one, was born in the Soviet Union in what is now Lithuania. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but in Eastern Europe, in the parts surrounding where I'm from, New Year's Eve is celebrated similarly to American Christmas. We will have a Christmas tree, 
we have a Santa-esque character. Um, we call him in Russian Zed Maroz, which literally translates to Father Frost. And, you know, we put gifts under the tree. We get together with family. We eat, we drink, we are merry, we open presents. And we stay up till midnight until, you know, the new year comes in. We're supposed to toast at midnight or kiss your loved one. And this is how the celebration goes. Now, in Eastern Europe, this is actually a secular holiday. It has nothing to do with the birth of Christ. There's no manger scenes. And really, the origins come from the communist regime and how the communist regime was sort of anti-religion. So they really discouraged and would come down hard on people trying to practice openly their religions. So for them, that's where, you know, they wanted a holiday in the wintertime. They couldn't celebrate, you know, the birth of Christ, the old New Year, St. Sylvester's Day, all of that sort of stuff. So they kind of morphed, quote unquote, Christmas into this New Year celebration that was not religious. And I grew up celebrating that. My family would always gather for New Year's. There was always a tree and people thought it was weird because we're Jewish. Why do you have a Christmas tree? Well, it's not a Christmas tree. It's a Russian New Year's tree. <laughs> and Americans are like, huh? What's that? <laughs> it's just a different cultural practice. And it stems from the times of the communist regime. Even though that has been long gone, the tradition has remained. And a lot of Russians, a lot of Eastern Europeans continue to observe New Year's Eve in that way with applying that type of meaning to it. So I don't think we necessarily have to get rid of New Year's Eve forever. Sorry, Sarah. But I think we do need to be respectful of how others celebrate it, why they celebrate it, what meaning they attribute to it, but also maybe we need to take a different approach because it is a good opportunity for personal growth and development. So back to that, resolutions. I just, I, I hate them, I'm sorry. Resolutions are basically goals that we're setting for ourselves in the new upcoming year we tend to set them in the days, you know, the couple of days preceding New Year's Eve. And then we're all motivated. We go into the new year. We're pumped. I'm going to, you know, live my best life this year. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get super toned. I'm going to get that thigh gap I've wanted forever. Whatever your goal is, you know, these are typically the types of resolutions that people set for themselves. Here's my question for you. First off, what stopped you from focusing on these before? Why only now do you feel like it's time to really do these things and achieve these goals? What happened back in, I don't know, July, March, October even? Was this not on the radar? Were you not aware that you needed to focus on this? I'm pretty sure you were aware. But it didn't feel quite so urgent. 
But now all of a sudden there's this bandwagon of now's the time. Everybody is adopting this narrative, this rhetoric that the new year means you have to set new goals and they have to be lofty ones. But that's the problem is they are lofty, meaning they're unrealistic, right? If you have not been able to get into a really good habit for yourself around one of these goals up until now, then maybe you need to adjust how you go about this. Maybe it's less about, you know, I'm going from my daily exercise consisting of walking from my couch to my refrigerator and back to I'm going to go do CrossFit five days a week. Well, I mean, are you really? (laughs) Probably not. So maybe we need to rein it in a little bit. Maybe we go from no exercise to starting with some breath work starting with doing some meditation, just getting you to connect with your physical body. Step one, before you can go full bore into, you know, Olympic style training, (laughs) you got to crawl before you can walk. And that is going to seem a lot less daunting than going from zero to a hundred. There's got to be something in between. It can't be all or nothing. And this is the reason why resolutions get dropped and abandoned or we fail in our pursuits of them. But when we do fail, the result is disappointment in ourselves. We feel like a failure. We beat ourselves up. We feel hopeless. I just can't ever do this. I'm never going to be able to achieve this fill in the blank. And It's a sense of hopelessness that can interfere with our desire to set any other goals or to revisit this goal and adjust it. And so for this reason, I get really frustrated when I hear about people setting New Year's resolutions. If it's realistic and if you're building on an existing habit, I am a little more receptive to it, but... If it's something that's totally new for you and it's something that you've wanted to do for a long time but haven't done, the odds of you actually now starting to do it are slim to none. Sorry. I don't, I'm not trying to be a dick here. I'm just trying to be honest. So I like to take a little bit of a different approach to this. I don't like resolutions, but I do think that there is an opportunity here to, yes, do some growth and development. So the way I go about this is in what I call my New Year's reflections. I like to sit down, literally sit down with pen and paper, and I make two lists. One of my lists is the things that I want to leave behind, that I want to leave in the previous year. What did I not like? What were the things that I did that I was not happy with in the previous year, right? I, um, whatever it was, I got out of the habit of journaling. I got out of the habit of whatever. I started watching more TV. I want to leave that behind, right? 
And then I look at the things that I did really well this year, the things that I really am due some credit for. Credit for? I just ended this sentence with a preposition, didn't I? That was not grammatically correct. My apologies. Anywho, um, I want to look at the things that went well, that I'm proud of, that I want to take with me into the new year. It's what do I want to leave behind? What do I want to take with me? The things that I want to take with me are things that I've already accomplished. Maybe I didn't even intend to accomplish them. I oftentimes didn't even set out to focus on accomplishing them in the beginning of the previous year. But it was something that I did this past year that felt really good, really fulfilling. I felt pretty proud of myself in having done them. And I walked away feeling like it bettered me. It benefited me. It helped me in some way. And whatever that thing is, whether I intended to do it or not, I did it and I liked it. And I want to keep it. I want to keep doing that because it was enjoyable and it made me feel like I was somehow moving in a good, healthy, positive direction. This is my list every year. This is my annual New Year's reflection list. What do I want to leave behind? What do I want to take with me? For the things that I want to take with me, I don't put pressure on myself to build on them even. If I continue doing them and I can maintain that, that in itself is an accomplished goal. And I'm good with that. I'm good. You got to start somewhere when you want to build healthy habits and you have to start small because the smaller it is, the more achievable it is. And I know that there's this perception that if you start too small, you're never going to get anywhere with it. That you're making these microscopic baby steps. What's the point? You're not even going to see a difference if it's too small. But here's the reality. Everything that you have accomplished in your life was comprised of Tons, dozens, possibly even hundreds of teeny, tiny, small steps. You can't just achieve the end goal by jumping right to it and doing it. You have to start small. This is how anything big is built. I have um, one of those hourglasses in my office, you know, where you flip it over and then the sand starts dripping down and it's exactly 60 minutes long, you know, as long as my sessions. And I love staring at it. It's sort of mesmerizing because what I think about is that I can't see each individual grain of sand falling. But as time passes, I can see the level of the sand at the bottom rising. And that is visible. But it takes time. I have to let a few minutes go by in between my glances at the bottom to really see a difference. 
if I was to try to look at each individual grain of sand, it would look like nothing. It looks insignificant. How is that going to, you know, be a part of the time passing? But when you have thousands of those and they keep going, eventually it adds up. And the same thing goes for our goals. Our goal is to have that bottom of our hourglass, you know, full to the top. But it doesn't just happen instantly. It's not like a dump truck, you know, dumping a big pile of dirt and then there it is a second later. It takes time and it takes all of those tiny microscopic grains falling one by one to get there. Same thing goes for our goals. So even though it seems tiny and minuscule and insignificant, doesn't mean it's not making a difference. I mean, I've wanted to be a therapist since I was, I don't know, like 10 years old, listening to my idol, Dr. Ruth, on Z100 when I would sneak my Walkman into my bedroom at night. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, she's amazing. I want to be just like her when I grow up. I want to do what she's doing. And I didn't just grow up and magically become a therapist who works with sexuality. There were thousands of tiny little steps that went into that process. I had to get through high school. I had to get introduced to the field of psychology in some manner. I had to get through my master's. I had to get through college and my bachelor's. And let me tell you, that wasn't a smooth linear process. There were a lot of, you know, hurdles and lots of challenges along the way. And from when I graduated high school until I got to the point where I was doing this full time and the way I wanted to do it, it was probably a good 16 years, 17 years. I mean, it took a long time and it took so many little things in between classes, certifications, trainings, supervisors, so many jobs, so many experiences, so many tests and trials and all of this sort of stuff for me to finally get to where I wanted to be 30 years ago. And that's how everything is. So start small. Look at the things that you've already done that you're happy with. And since you've already done them, you know you can do them. You know they're feasible. You've already accomplished them. That's a good thing. Now you have evidence of this because it's already been done by you, no less. So take it with you. If you've done it once, you can do it again. And for the things that you're not happy with, instead of beating yourself up, you have the opportunity to learn. And if you look at it that way, it's not a loss. It's a win-win situation no matter what. You've learned that this does not work for you. You've learned that it doesn't make you happy. It doesn't elicit any type of positive growth or development. Okay, got it. It's kind of a process of trial and error. We tried this. We did this. It didn't work. It didn't feel good. It didn't give us a good result. So uh, we're going to leave it behind. We don't need to do that again. We know how that goes. 
Good. You've learned from your experience. Bravo. Mazel tov. So keep going. I'm sure everybody has a pretty solid list of the things that went well. I'll share some of mine with you from 2020. So the things I want to take with me are reconnecting to how much I really enjoy solitude and being at home and not having to people. I'm an extroverted introvert. I'm very sociable. I can talk to anyone. I get along with people. I do fine in social situations. I'm not uncomfortable at all, but it does drain me and I recharge from my alone time. From, you know, taking a bath or journaling or reading or crocheting. Yes, I crochet. And that's the stuff that re-energizes me, my time alone. That's what makes me an introvert is I need to just turn off and withdraw for a little bit. And then I will be re-energized to come back out and face the world and do what I do. So I've reconnected to how important that is for me. It's really easy to get lost in the grind and lose sight of the things that really fill our souls and heal us and rejuvenate us. That was a positive. So I want to keep that. I want to make sure I keep this practice of dedicating some of my time to having some solitude and alone time in the new year. It's important to me. Even if this quarantine lets up, I actually quite like having this time at home. And I want to hold on to that as much as I can. Another thing on my list this year is making the time that I do spend with people more meaningful. Before this pandemic, I would see people all the time, right? You're out in the world, you're socializing, you go get dinner with a friend, you, you know, go to a gathering or a party, you whatever. And it was just so frequent and it was so readily available that I feel like I took it for granted. And this year, when I would get the opportunity to see somebody, which was rare because I was quarantining pretty strictly, it became much more purposeful. I know that I may not see this person again for a while and I'm probably going to miss being in their presence. So I'm going to want to really make the most of it and get the most out of it. So my interactions with people this year, live and in person, basically held much more meaning. And I really like that. And I really want to take that with me. I think these types of things, even though they may seem like it's not, you know, related to weight loss or some type of a health routine or wellness routine, they really are. These are aspects of ourselves that are all part of what makes us whole and balanced. We have our social selves. We have our productive work career selves. We have our family selves. We have our 
you know, romantic partner selves. We have all these different facets to us. And when we neglect one of them or we start taking one for granted, we do feel a little bit out of balance, out of whack. Something's off. So even though it may seem insignificant, it is important. And it is something that I'm glad I got to accomplish in 2020. And I want to take it with me. I really do. So I hope that you all can find these things. It doesn't have to be, you know, the two weeks that you managed to lose five pounds in 2020. It can be something as simple as noticing how good you feel when you do whatever activity. Noticing how fulfilling some type of hobby became for you during this quarantine. Maybe acknowledging a shift in your values from this past experience this year that actually felt good to you, that you want to maintain. These are all good things. Take it with you. So, dear Sarah Miller, um, I hear your point in wanting to cancel New Year's Eve entirely forever, but I respectfully disagree. I do agree that New Year's resolutions are, well, kind of dumb. The whole new year, new me thing is pretty ridiculous. It's not a new you. It's a new year. It's not a reincarnation, right? It's not like all of a sudden you're a different person and now all of a sudden you're ready to set goals. No, you need to focus on your goals throughout the entire year at all times. But I do think that there is something about the symbolism of this particular time of a restart to the calendar year, to how we view our lives, a shift in the seasons, all of that stuff that can be a good cue for us to really take inventory and reflect. Not a bad thing to do. But as far as resolutions, lofty goals, getting on the bandwagon, I'm not about it. That is not my jam. But hey, to each his own. In any case, I hope you all have a happy, healthy, safe new year. I hope this is helpful for you, at least to relieve some of the pressure of needing to do specific things or feeling bad that you don't get to do certain things. You don't have to. It's not required. And I hope this is helpful. As always, thank you for listening. You all know you can find me on social media, on all of the social medias. And I look forward to chatting with you next time. Happy New Year.